Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. I know that some people hear the word theology and can immediately think boring or dry, but God intends for it to be the exact opposite. So months ago, I asked Kristen Hines and Kendall Reed to be on an episode about loving theology. We finally made it into the studio to record it, and the three of us sat down and talked about what theology is, why we love it so much, and how it impacts us on even a daily basis. Here's our conversation. Hi, I'm Kathy, and I'm here with my friends Kristen and Kendall, and we are going to talk today about why we love theology. But before we do, I want to give you a chance to get to know them. They love Disney. Um, It's something that they have in common. In fact, the last time the three of us were together and I started it, I asked them questions about Disney and we probably talked for 20 minutes and they shared their favorite ride and all these nuances. So they absolutely love Disney. And I am going to ask them just a quick question. We love to ask all of our guests so that we can get to know them a little more. What is something, a little something that has brought you joy lately? Kendall? Yeah, um, I think something that's brought me joy is this little um, hack on the iPhone called voice memos. And it's just so fun to like send a voice memo to a friend and just tell them something funny that happened or just send some rambling thoughts or to get rambling thoughts from them. And so I just think it's really fun because I think sometimes a text message, you can't read tone and you can't hear voice inflection. And I have just laughed and smiled a lot because of voice memos. (laughs) I love it. Um, For me, something that is bringing me joy today on this recording day. Now, whenever you're listening to this, who knows? Because Texas is crazy. But today, it is chilly outside. And it's so rarely chilly outside that I soak it up when it happens. It makes me so happy. And then who knows? Tomorrow, it'll be 90 again. (laughs) Whatever, but you got to take it and love it while it lasts. Enjoy it while you can. (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks for joining me. We are here, as I said, to talk about why we love theology. I have experienced an immeasurable amount of joy and sanity in my life through theology. And it is worshipful for me. It is intellectually stimulating for me. It is practical to my life. And I can't overstate how impactful it has been for me. But I know for some, all of that sounds crazy and they don't know where in the world I'm coming from. And it took me a while to get to the point that I would say those things. So my hope is that as we chat, we will learn from each other and hopefully be able to encourage each other that theology is joyful and rich and helpful. However, I have to admit that when we say we love theology, some people are probably thinking, what in the world are we even (laughs) talking about? What is theology? What do you mean when you say, why do you love theology? And so, Kendall, give us a start as to why are we talking about this? Yeah, I love talking about this. I think because I was one of those people who, when someone said, I love theology, I was like, who are you? (laughs) I don't don't know what you're talking about. Um, Because to me, theology just seemed like this huge word that took a lot 
of planning and preparation and studying. And I just honestly didn't know what it was. I thought it really studying theology only happened in seminary or, you know, something like that. And then my whole perspective changed one time when someone defined theology for me. And theology is a study of God just learning more about who God is and his character. Um, And that really changed everything for me because, one, I realized I'd already been studying theology. So Mm -hmm. that was something that was really (laughs) cool. And then realizing that every single day I study theology, I get to learn more about God. And that has just become like such a sweet gift. And so first off, I think defining theology is really important. Um, It's not this big taboo thing that you could only do if you're going to seminary or only doing if you're really an academic minded person, which I am not. And so I think that has been such a gift. Um, And it's just allowed me to see and understand more of who God is and allows me to draw closer to him. Yeah, I've experienced that too. Just the thought of studying sounds like homework cramming for a test, getting a bunch of info in your head that you're going to forget immediately, you know, that's not important to your everyday life. Um, But I once heard this quote, and I think about it all the time when I think about the topic of theology. Um, A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so I think that really incorporates or encompasses why theology is so important. Um, we want to study who God is and what He does because we want the things that come into our minds when we think about Him to be true things, to be accurate things. We want to truly know Him and not just some version of God that we've made up in our minds that's not even real. Absolutely. And the way we get that true knowledge of who He is is studying the Scripture. I've had a lot of thoughts about God that I thought were right Mm -hmm. over the course of my life and then found out later, oh, that's not exactly who God is. And learning and knowing who God actually is, even if it took some work to get there, has been life-changing for me. And so I want to ask a follow-up. Why does it matter so much to you? Kristen, why does theology matter to Kristen Hines? (laughs) Um, it matters to me because I want to know God. I I think the the God of the universe has made it clear that He actually wants me to know Him, and He has made a way for me to know Him, um, like through scriptures, like you're talking about. And if if that's true, then it's kind of crazy not to take advantage of that, right? Um, I think about uh, Jeremiah nine twenty three through twenty four says, "Thus says the Lord." Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And then also in John 17.3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God gave his son to us and he gave us his word so that we could know him. And I just don't want to take that for granted. I love that. And I think it's so important to really sit down and focus and remember why it's important that we 
no theology, no more about God. And I think the first thing that I think about is the moments where I've gone through something really hard and how thankful that I was that I had had that time before learning more about who God was because that was something that I could lean on and trust on because God is faithful and God is who he says he is. And so for me, that has been such a tangible way to like see the true characteristics characteristics of God throughout my day. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, I'm reading something in the morning and then I have an interaction with someone. I was like, God, you are who you say you are. But I wouldn't have had the eyes to see that one without the Holy Spirit, but two without spending time learning more about who God is. And so for me, I think it's important because it keeps me focused on the truth about who God is. And it keeps me grounded um, in times where I want to say, God, I don't, I don't trust you right now. Um, it takes me back to just all the times he's been faithful, either in my life or in scripture. Um, and so I think that is why it's so important um, to know theology and to study it. Mm-hmm. Kristen, you don't know this, but John 17, 3, which you just quoted, is actually my favorite verse in all of the Bible. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I know. We've been friends a long time and you didn't know that. It's my favorite. And because that knowledge, it is knowing correct facts. It is intellectually understanding who God is, but it's that experience of Mm -hmm. who he is that is evident in that verse and that is such the gift that brings me life. Mm -hmm. And so you, I was going to say stole my favorite verse, but I guess it's not really (laughs) mine. It's kind of everyone's. So Kendall brought up just a minute ago, kind of knowing those specific attributes. And so we've talked about how it matters and means something to us, but I want to take that a step further and ask you if you would mind illustrating for us what is a specific characteristic of God as you've learned who he is, what is one that has made a difference to you and how? Yeah, Kendall kind of brought up the main one that comes to mind so often for me is God's faithfulness. You mentioned that and I just, it has been a characteristic of God that I come back to over and over and over. And I think we probably can all think of times that things were hard. um, We couldn't see how God might get us out of a certain situation or um, how he would provide for us. I think of times in my life where I had concerns about money or I felt far from God or I couldn't figure out how to change a circumstance in my life. But what always helped me in every single one of those situations was remembering what I knew about His faithfulness. I could look at Scripture and look at the whole history of humanity, um, see the promises that God made in Scripture and that He kept, despite the failures of (laughs) the people He had made these promises to. Um, And then I could also look back at previous hard times in my own life and see His faithfulness there and how He provided. Um, And I just always think if you know, from the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, if he didn't right then just scrap the whole project, you know, (laughs) with humanity, um, if he didn't, you know, abandon Israel in the wilderness when they just wouldn't stop complaining about him and not trusting him, if he actually sent his son to save us, then this hard time in my life is not going to be the last straw. You know, he's not going to (laughs) abandon me now in the middle of this he's not going to just suddenly decide he's done being faithful to me. And that always helps me, even if the situation doesn't clear up right away. But I remember he's faithful. He will provide. He will see me through this. He always has. I love that. Um, I think for me, I 
one of the characteristics of God that has been at the forefront in several different seasons is God's holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I ever noticed that was uh, my dad passed away about two and a half years ago. And in that season of just grief and sadness, I just started writing down like characteristics of God and his holiness stood out to me. I don't, I don't know why I think it was the Lord. And that became such a comfort to me because I am sitting in the presence of a holy God. Uh, then there's no one like our God because he is holy. He is creator. He is set apart. And I got to sit in his presence and experience his comfort. Um, and that really just the refrain of God, you are holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. That just kept being refrained for weeks and weeks because there is something so comforting in knowing that the God that I was praying to and the God that I was just sitting with and grieving um, was true mm-hmm. and was was trustworthy and is holy because um, I think in the midst of grief that you're just clinging to something that is true. And there wasn't a doubt um, that God was holy in that. And then later on, I think what's cool is you don't just learn one characteristic of God, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got that figured out. Next. <laughs> you come um, back. <laughs> you come back to it, which is so cool. Um, and so then flash, you know, fast forward probably to a year and a half, two years from that, I started seminary, and my very first class spent weeks and weeks just explaining God's holiness. And so something that had become so sweet to me was now being explained to me, and I was getting to learn it at a different level. And I still, there's so much to learn about God's holiness, but I think wow, like what a gift that the Lord allows us to learn more and more about who He is. And we're never going to reach a point where we know everything and praise God um, that we don't serve a God that is just understandable in like 2.5 seconds. You know, we spend our (laughs) life learning more about Him. Um, And so anyways, but I just think understanding that there is no one like God. There is no, there's no way to achieve the holiness that he has, and that is a gift. And we get to sit and surrender to a God who is holy and perfect and has no evil thought um, in him. And it's just, for me, that's just such a sweet place to rest. One of the things about knowing who God is that surprised me was not just how impactful it was in the big moments to know who God is, and it is very impactful in the big moments to me, but in the small moments or everyday moments, how comforting and helpful he is and how that experience is a blessing. Even when I think about this morning, we've had some discussions, we've prayed, we've prepared, but there is still that sense of, well, am I going to know what to say? Are they going to know what to say? Is this going to come across well? Are we going to come? Like all of those things run through your mind. And there's that sense in which the gift of being able to rest back in God's sovereignty and go, God is in control of this. Mm -hmm. God has this. And is going to use this for good, whatever that's going to look like, is very comforting to me and very practical in real everyday, whatever I want to call normal ways. <laughs> Just being able to know who God is and trust and lean into that in the moment has been very profound and comforting to me. I know that it's not just specific characteristics of God that have been meaningful to you. I know that there are words like doctrines, um, (laughs) different things that come up that at times were and are confusing to us, but knowing and understanding even things that some might say are small or unimportant, they've been significant for you. And so what is a 
doctrine that has made a difference for you and been impactful in your life? I'll start. Um, I think of the doctrine of like the assurance of salvation, or it can be called the perseverance of the saints. Um, basically, the idea is that um, once we are truly saved, we are always saved. We cannot be lost again. Um, a key passage for this is John 10, 27 through 29, where Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So I've been working in ministry for 18 years now, and there have definitely been a lot of situations where I could think, I failed somehow. Um, I can think of definitely a lot, well, not a lot, but some people who were super involved even in leadership positions um, and then went away and at some point just seemed to change everything that they previously claimed to believe. Um, So this doctrine helps me remember that someone's salvation is not on me. (laughs) Their salvation is between them and the Lord. Um, The Lord asks me to be faithful, to share, teach, help people grow, Um, but He doesn't give me the power to save someone. And if these people truly had a relationship with Jesus, then they're not going to be lost. No one can snatch them out of His hand. They can't even snatch themselves out of his hand. They're not that powerful. Um, They might just be going through a hard season and they'll be back, but if they never truly knew him, then he still can save them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about, you know, the time we had with them where they did hear truth and they know the gospel. They maybe even shared it with other people. And the Lord can definitely bring that back to their hearts and their minds, and they can fully and truly give their lives to him at any point. it just helps me to remember to just do my part, do what he's given me to do, and trust him with the rest of it. Kristen, I love that because I feel like so many times I want to put just the weight of other people's yeah. salvation <laughs> or the weight of God's work on me. And I think sometimes that points to my pride. Like I even think that I have the power to do that. I can't save myself. Um, Don't right. save someone else. <laughs> really yeah, can't. Yeah. But like I, I'm going to do that. And I've had several seasons where I'll like walk walk away from a conversation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like is there salvation? Did I mess that up? Yeah. You know, and yeah. like forget like, no, I, I serve a God who's much more powerful than I am. <laughs> I, I have no it. say in that. <laughs> I love that. Um, it kind of leads me to like a doctrine that stood out to me is um, justification and that's being declared righteous by God. And I really like to earn things and <laughs> uh, be enough, um, you know, whether that's, Um, achieving success or achieving a grade or, you know, whatever that is, I really like to earn things. And so for me, being justified, there was nothing that I could do to be seen as righteous by God. And that was only uh, because of Jesus. And that sometimes is very humbling for me to Mm -hmm. wrestle with because I'm like, well, actually, I would like to be able to contribute to this and remind you of all the good things (laughs) I did yesterday or whatever. But then on the flip side, I have to deal with my sin. And then on the other side, it's so comforting because there are days where I get to the end of the day or I wake up the next morning and I'm like, God, I just see my sin. And I praise you that I can't earn righteousness because there's no way that I could. 
because I'm such a sinner, but his love is so great. And he's like, no, I sent my son to die for that sin. And you, I see you as righteous because of your faith in him. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's cool because when you talk about doctrine and I was talking about like sometimes it's comforting sometimes it's hard and humbling because you're <laughs> either you realize like oh I didn't really understand that before or I'm actually seeing myself as bigger than God and I, I need to check my heart right now yeah. because that's <laughs> not okay um, and so I think diving into doctrine allows us to just kind of check our heart look at what are we believing and what are we not surrendering to the Lord where are we seeing ourselves as greater than or not trusting him mm-hmm. I like, Kendall, that you pointed out that, I don't want to say it, our view of God changes. Our view God doesn't change, but our view of Him does changes, and that can be a bad thing, and that can be a good thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> because one of the things that negatively impacts us, obviously, if good theology helps us, then bad theology or thinking something about God that isn't true or believing something that isn't true about Him is damaging to us, and None of us perfectly know God, and we're all seeking to know Him more. But I think about times in my life where I thought something was true of God, either because I wanted it to be true, or because I genuinely thought it was true, or my heart just had made up this idea of who God was, because you hear different (laughs) things about Him. And that has been at the root of a lot of pain in my life. (laughs) And so would you be willing to share with us, how have you seen a wrong understanding of God or bad theology negatively impact you or those around you? Absolutely. I think um, one that has impacted me ne- negatively is um, the concept that you can be good enough. Um, and you know, Kristen touched on assur- assurance of salvation. And I think I grew up not really believing that. And I don't know if I don't. I honestly have no idea if someone actually said, "Well, you could lose your salvation." But I think I definitely lived that way, um, and so I constantly believed that how I lived my life determined if God loved me, if God was willing to forgive me, um, and that's a, a really hard way to live, um, and it's really hard. Um, and I think I also grew up just in a culture that really focused on good behavior and standing out and you know, really focusing on choices, like one choice can change the rest of your life. And while some of that is true, if it's not brought brought back to the truth that we are not good enough <laughs> for God, um, that we have to have a Savior who died for our sins because we can't earn our own forgiveness, um, then that's dangerous because you get rooted in just this lie that you have to be good enough. And then I think when you realize you're not, then there's all this shame and guilt that comes in that are not from God. And then for me, it just felt like a tornado in my brain all the time because I was like, why can I not do this? Why can I not be good enough? Or they also caused me to hide a lot of things in my life because I didn't want other people to see that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't good enough for God. And so that just, it was a really hard way to live. And I lived a lot of my life um, like that. And so it, that took several years of, and I think I'm still doing that, of speaking truth over to over the lies that either I was told or the lies I believed. Um, and it's a hard, really hard process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a similar, maybe even almost like the flip side kind of of that um, I've seen a lot and even dealt with myself is the idea that like once, once I'm saved, once, you know, I've prayed the prayer or asked Jesus into my heart, then it doesn't matter what I do. 
You know, it's like either you're trying to do too much, trying to do everything all the time, or now it doesn't matter. Like Jesus already forgave me for all of my future sins on the cross. And so I can just do whatever I want. And um, that is really bad theology. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, scripture clearly says, um, you know, Jesus says we show our love by our obedience. He still wants our obedience. It's not what saves us, but it is still something that should be part of our lives. Um, obviously, we won't do it perfectly, and of course, there's grace for that. But if we truly love Him and truly have this relationship with Him, we should be seeking obedience out of love and as a response and as a worshipful thing. Thanks for sharing. I can think of it's almost hard for me to think of something difficult in my life that has happened that bad theology in some form wasn't at the root of. <laughs> not like any bad choice, meaning bad choice I've created, not necessarily suffering isn't my fault or all suffering isn't my fault, but I have seen just the ramifications of that. However, it's not just that. I can have a good theology, meaning correct facts, a correct understanding of that. But just knowing the right thing in some sort of intellectual way and not allowing that to either move us to worship or to actually play out in our life Mm -hmm. is damaging to us and can be incredibly damaging to the people around us. So again, I can have good theology, meaning right thoughts, but I'm not actually living out that theology in the way that that theology tells me I should live it out. Mm -hmm. So how have you seen maybe some correct facts or right thinking about God be negative and impact people or yourself? I think I like that you brought up the head. You know, a lot of these things can be very heady and we can forget that it involves the heart of, you know, us studying it and the people around us. I've I've been in rooms where people were getting just so excited to talk about theology, which is great. Yes, very it is. exciting. That is a great thing. Um, and they'll get excited to kind of bring up hard topics and debate them and go back and forth and you know play devil's advocate or whatever, um, and not really have regard for the hearts of the other people in the room who might be hearing this and. Maybe they don't know scriptures that well. They don't really have the background understanding. They maybe even have some of the questions you're bringing up, but not totally addressing. And what they hear is just confusing, and it's not explained. And I have known people whose hearts have been totally turned off from the Lord because of that. They had these hard questions brought up and not answered, and then in in their own minds and hearts, they couldn't answer it, and they turned away. And that's been really, really damaging. And so I think a way to guard against this is just to not take these discussions lightly. Have fun, have joy, be excited to talk about them, but also just be aware of who's in the room, who's listening. Make sure we are not just addressing head things, but bringing in the heart aspect too, because theology is for our whole selves, not just our heads. Mm -hmm. Kristen, one thing you said um, that really stood out to me was be aware of who's in the room, like having Mm -hmm. the awareness of who is a part of this conversation and even thinking about their life experience. Where are they with the Lord? And even bringing in your own, have you gone to the Lord with what you are learning? What As we learn more about God, as we learn more about theology, that should be changing us. But if we're just excited about having the right answers— 
I think we have to check our heart motivation. Um, I know personally I've struggled um, in moments where someone was talking about something hard in their lives. And I really like talking about the theology of suffering. Um, It's something that the Lord has used to just shape my whole view of who He is and the hard things that we go through. But sometimes because that is one of my favorite types of theology to talk about, (laughs) I can just give a blanket answer of, well, you know, this, you know, this happens to you because God is doing a good work in you. And it's like, this person just experienced something really hard. And that was not a loving way to respond to them. (laughs) And yes, I was speaking truth, but I wasn't really caring about their heart. And I wasn't pointing them to Jesus in a way that was loving. I was saying, look, I figured out the right answer and I have to tell you. And so I think as we learn and as we grow, before we share it, I think we really need to take it to the Lord and see, say, Lord, how are you using this to shape me for your work? How can I use this to bring you glory, not myself? And then check our heart motivation when we're, you know, sharing that with others. Um, and just praying that the for the Lord to use that for His glory and to love people, not to show how much head knowledge we have. Mm-hmm. I know it's come up several times. We've used the word study, and some people get excited at the thought of study. Some people get frustrated at the thought of study. <laughs> there are different ideas that come to mind, and I, I actually often enjoy study, but I've had to learn that I won't learn everything there is to know about God in one sitting or two sittings <laughs> or three sittings, and that's the coming back process. And I remember when I was a freshman in college, the hardest class I've ever taken was the final calculus class offered at my college because I'd exempted out of the first two classes, and I spent hours in the library trying to figure out calculus, and frankly, it was really hard. It was the proudest day I've ever gotten in my life. And that might still be pride or it might be just celebrating, but it's a funny memory for me. And if I spent that much time and effort learning calculus (laughs) and the God of all creation, who's far more intricate than calculus, created calculus, then it's unreasonable for me to assume that I'm going to figure him out quickly. And to be honest, do I really want a God in charge of my life who you can figure out in 1.2 seconds? I mean, the three of us have been friends a long time, and I'm still learning things about you. If I could just sit down and know everything about God, I don't know that I would trust him because he's not that big. (laughs) And our God isn't that. And so the process and life of study, I think, is something that is necessary and can be fun and can be hard. So I'd love to hear a few of your thoughts about what does this idea of study and getting to know God look like? For me, studying mostly involves reading. It's just my favorite thing to do. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I read all the time. Um, And about almost anything. So if there's especially a topic that I want to learn about, I'm going to just find as many books as possible and dig in. But then when I am learning something new that really matters, which that would definitely be theology for me, um, what helps it stick with me is then being able to discuss it with other people, bringing in community, you know, just talking about whatever I'm learning. Um, Could be in a class. It could even be something like posting something on social media, like, oh my gosh, I read this quote. This is amazing. And then engaging with the people who respond to it and might have thoughts or whatever, but 
reading first and I do a lot of processing and digesting on my own and then talking about it with other people. Yeah, I think it's funny that I'm answering the question about study because uh, Kathy said some people get frustrated by studying, and <laughs> that is me. I, I didn't person, give away your facial expression. <laughs> yes, I am definitely the person who does not enjoy studying um, in any way, shape, or form. I love being around people. I just love having conversations. So sometimes just sitting down and reading is really hard for me. Um, I have come to really enjoy reading scripture. But sometimes scripture is hard to understand there for so many different reasons. Um, and so I, as I'm reading, I write down a lot of questions um, and just keep diving into the scripture that I'm reading and then I'll jot down the questions. And then um, I love that I'm sitting across the table from Kristen because I take most of those questions to her <laughs> um, and I take it to someone who loves to study, who loves to read, and then we spend time either going through a book or digging through a passage to answer those questions. And sometimes we wrestle for to- with topics for a few weeks. Sometimes we can, you know, get the answer in like five minutes. Um, but I've had to bring people into my life, and the Lord has brought people into my life that do love study and point me in the direction of studying because a lot of times I don't want to do that. Um, But it's been so fruitful. And I think another thing is I, the caveat of I don't enjoy studying. I think sometimes I think, well, I'm not good at studying. I don't know how to study theology. I don't know how to study the Bible. And remembering, um, Kathy, I know you've said this before, that We've been developing the skills of studying since kindergarten and probably <laughs> before. And so my excuse for, well, I don't know how to do that. The Lord's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you you learned your ABCs in kindergarten or hopefully before that. And you just have been building on those skills since then. And, you know, there's critical thinking and all of those things. Like use the skills you've learned um, to learn more about God's word, learn more about theology, learn more about God and draw near to him. And so when I remember all of the skills that he's already put in front of me, it's really, it is con- personally convicting that. I can study, um, and then when I do study, um, it's been such a sweet, sweet gift to learn more about him and to learn more about him through other people, too. I love, Kendall, that you talked about how you study and that it was slightly different than Kristen's because I think that sometimes we think of study one way. And in some ways, I do the traditional form of study and really like it. Like, I'll read books and commentaries and go back to the Hebrew and the Greek and cross-reference. Like, I actually enjoy that. But also a key for study to me has been scripture memory because I'm meditating and thinking on it. And I personally think that is a form of study and thinking that goes into it. And so I would like for us to not necessarily view study one way because I don't when I'm preparing for a test, I don't prepare the way Kendall does or prepare the way Kristen does. And to an extent, I want to learn from you and grow in some areas. But I also think, well, how do you study and prepare for it? Anything you do for a trip, how do you prepare for it? For remodeling a room in your home, how do you prepare for it? And use, like Kendall said, those skills and those mechanisms of how you already prepare and learn things and just apply that to God and to the Bible. I also want to note something you both have mentioned in your last answer and kind of throughout is that there can be this thought that we study alone, that study is done in quiet, at a desk, with the door closed. And 
that may be a part of it, but I don't even know if that can or should be the majority part of it, or it certainly shouldn't stop there. So theology or study and knowing God is intended to be done in community with others. Kendall, you already brought that up. Kristen, you mentioned that. I want to dive into that for a minute. What is doing theology with others and in community look like? And how has that mattered to you? Um, I think, a, I mean, a simple thing it looks like is just talking about God <laughs> with your community, you know, talking about what you're learning about Him, what He's doing in your life, what is making you worshipful right now, you know, asking each other those questions. Um, I can, it's so weird how sometimes that feels awkward for us for some reason. I know, why does that It feel feels awkward? awkward to say like, what's God teaching you lately? Or what's something that is worshipful to you? It shouldn't. I mean, that just must be the sin in our hearts that for some reason makes that happen. But um, if you push through that and actually have great conversations about what God is teaching you, you get to see different angles of who He is and how He works, because He's doing different things in all of us all the time. And if I only know God through what He's doing in my life, I'm missing aspects of Him from what He's doing in other people's lives. So that's helpful. Um, And I also think as we do that and share our struggles with each other too, we can remember theology for each other. We can remember truth Mm -hmm. for each other. So in the times when I'm struggling, something's hard, and I'm just like not actively remembering a truth about who God is, someone in my community can say that to me and remind me. And then when they're struggling, I can do the same thing for them. My life has been so profoundly changed by people who know God reminding me of that in the moment. As you were sharing that, literally certain faces of friends (laughs) have come through my mind and instances of when they, I was veering off and they were like, no, Kath, this is who God is. Thanks for that. I love that. Yeah, I totally agree that community is so important um, when you're learning about theology. And I think one of the reasons I believe that is there's a season in my life before I was really walking with the Lord that really the only way that I learned theology was from other people. And the Lord used that to plant seeds for me to start walking with Him later. And so because people were willing to share what they were learning about God, um, I was able to hold on to some just tangible reminders for later in life. And that has been so sweet to me. I can think back on multiple times when that happened. Um, But then also the Lord has given us the gift of His Word. He's given us the gift of community, and He's given us the gift of His Spirit. And I personally, I compartmentalize those sometimes and forget to bring them all together and think, oh, community is for like the encouragement and having people to call when things are hard. And studying God's Word is like learning more about Him, and I can pray and just connect with Him. But it's like, no, all of those things work together, and they all point us to God and draw us near to Him. And I am so thankful that just me on my own, that I don't have to figure out all these things about God all at once, (laughs) that I have all these things and all these gifts that He's given me. And so, yeah, I think community is so important. And Kristen, you said it. It's I am not learning the same thing that you are. Mm -hmm. And praise God. And there are times when maybe you've walked through something before and I am wrestling and you get to speak truth over me that I have never thought about, that I have never studied. And 
the Lord just gets to use you in that moment and vice versa. And it's just, it's so cool to be in the midst of that. And so to be a part of a community where you're not just learning about God, you're getting to experience Him use you and use other people um, to draw people to Him. And I don't know, I just, I get really excited talking about it. I think too, because God has given us the opportunity to share and help those around us. First of all, I do want to know good theology for me, but like, I don't want to give you bad advice. I don't want to send you off. And so let's pretend I didn't care about theology for my sake, which I do. Like, I should care because I want to offer the best help I can offer you. And if I'm in your life and you come to me with questions and thoughts or needs, I want to be able to respond in a way that is helpful Mm -hmm. and that I serve you well. And if I don't know who God is and know what His Word says, then I may unintentionally offer you bad advice, which causes you more pain. And I really don't want to do that. Like, I would like to be helpful in your life. And so theology is good for me being equipped to be able to actually serve and help the people that I care about. Okay. I could keep talking about this forever. You guys know that about me. It's really hard for me to not go, okay, what's God teaching you right now? And all of the things, because I just love it. But We are short on time, and so I love to end by asking, is there a final thought or final encouragement or something that's come to your mind that you haven't had an opportunity to share that you'd be willing to leave with our listeners? Yeah, I, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but just the idea that studying can seem like this downer kind of a thing, you know, Um, and so I just want to encourage everyone to get that out of your head. Think about the fact that theology, studying theology, knowing God better can be fun and joyful. Um, I read this quote. Um, I think this person, I read it in, I, they were quoting Karl Barth, who's this old theologian. But he said, the theologian who has no joy in his work is not a theologian at all. Sulky faces, morose thoughts, and boring ways of speaking are intolerable in this science. I just love the like he is serious about <laughs> he is serious about the fact that you should be joyful. So we need to do theology. our theology at Disney. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. But this is, you know, studying theology and knowing God more is a joyful thing. And we don't want to make it this serious, boring whatever, it needs to be something that's joyful. So try to see that and seek that out as you're trying to know God better and study theology. I love that because there is so much joy on like learning more about theology. And my encouragement to anyone um, that has put themselves in a box that I can't study theology or that's just not how I'm wired, um, I would just ask you to challenge yourself um, and learn what ways work best for you to learn about God and to learn about theology. Because I promise you that being intentional and spending time learning about God and studying God will change your life. Yeah, that's so true. And we're supposed to love the Lord with our hearts and with our minds. He asks that of us. So let's do it. Um, I also wanted to share... um, as the reader, <laughs> obsessed yes. with books, I might as well at least to talk about one book, right? Um, I a couple years ago I read a book called "Everyone's a Theologian" by R.C. Sproul, and it was very easy to read, and it's a great overview of a lot of doctrines. Um, short, 
to the point. Um, and if any of if you read that and then any of them are especially interesting, then you can find other books. You know, there will be whole books on just one doctrine or one aspect of a doctrine. But if you're thinking, okay, I want to start somewhere. Everyone's a theologian is a great place to start. Um, and then if you want other book recommendations or suggestions of where to start, feel free to email me, email somebody on staff. Um, I love sharing book recommendations. So go for it. Reach out. I'll share some with you. <laughs> hey, I've asked you before and you know I'll ask you again <laughs> and use the Christian Hans Library. Um, one of my favorite things to do and I haven't done it in a long time. I should do it more often. So I'm just going to do it to myself, and then I'll ask y'all off mic. Um, to close us out, at, sometimes I've asked people, what's your favorite characteristic about God today? Because sometimes I feel like when you ask his favorite characteristic, it becomes overwhelming. And so since we've talked about theology and how it's intended to be joyful, I'm going to answer my question. And my favorite characteristic of God at this moment is his grace. I've been profoundly freed by Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross for me, I, like Kendall, grew up thinking I had to do all the right things, and it was miserable and fearful. And to think about how theology has freed me and given me the opportunity to know a God who's that wonderful, which I don't deserve, and it's all because of grace, it literally brings tears to my eyes. And so today, my favorite characteristic of God is grace. And off mic, I'm going to ask you to in just a minute, but I'm going to close this in prayer. <laughs> God of grace, you are so incredibly kind to us. Thanks for these friends who know and love you and seek to know and love you more, both with their head and with their heart. I pray for the three of us and for everyone listening that you would give us the desire and the discipline to study and learn more about who you are and that we would not just know it, but that we would worship because of it, that our lives would be changed because of it, and that other people would know and walk with you more closely because of what we've learned about you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.